All right, guys, you've been asking for it, and here is another podcast. I wish I had more time to do these for you guys, but I've just got to take it when they come. So I was out at Rocky Ridge today with Red Bull and Cody Webb, Mark Cook, the guys putting on Red Bull Override, and I got a chance to sit down with Cody Webb and talk about new endeavors, pastimes, uh, pastimes at Ridgemount High, if you will, and just kind of new things that are going on in his life. He's announced a lot of new stuff. If you guys enjoy this, please go pick up a seat time shirt, hoodie, sticker, or anything like that to support what we're doing on the YouTube channel just a little bit at fpmg.threadless.com. Any little bit helps there. Grab a t-shirt, grab a hoodie. Other than that, enjoy this and definitely send it to your buddies. I always find it awkward when Jason Wygant uh, interviews somebody in a car and puts it out as a podcast, and I find myself doing that right now. So hopefully all of the people in this uh, this parking lot at the barbecue joint don't think that it's too weird. I left the light on so it doesn't look awkward with these minds. But we're luckily enough to be sitting here with Mr. Cody Webb, who has made some adjustments in his life as it comes to his racing career. We're going to talk about that. But other than that, Mr. Cody Webb, what are you doing in town? I'm here early for Red Bull Override. I'm not racing, but I'm doing my part and trying to, uh, you know, get some inside, help out Mark, and see what we can do to make this event all time. I like it. So for those wondering, if you haven't checked it out, Red Bull Override will be December 7th here at Rocky Ridge Ranch in Decatur, Texas, just outside of Dallas. So we're going to be there. It'll be fun. But that's Red Bull. You have some changes. You made a post a couple days ago saying uh, lots of big thank yous and everything like that to KTM, and you were going to have some big changes in your life that those would be announced. But talk to us a little bit about your time at KTM. You know, you did really well with Beta. You did your wins there. Then you got on a satellite KTM team. Then you were factory KTM. Uh, A lot of growing there, it feels like, for your career to where you are now within that brand. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I guess we can start at Beta. Like, they picked me up when I was kind of a nobody, and I won my first enduro cross championship in 2014 i was probably the lowest paid national champion ever for a series but you know we got the job done and i felt like i always wanted to be on factory ktm that's where everyone wants to be you know they have the top-notch team and the semi and all the glam and everything so you know i kind of took a risk and a gamble and signed up on a ktm satellite team and again i won the championship probably as a low paid (laughs) Athlete, so I feel like KTM definitely owes me in the long run for, or not in the long run, but at least that year for, back pay. for winning. Back yeah, pay. back pay. They owe me some back pay on that since I was beating the factory guys. So that is what it is. But you know, then I had a great four years with KTM. Uh, one one injury with a broken foot that kind of uh, screwed up my attempts at Erzberg last year. But you know, we won a couple championships, lost out of a championship because weird t- team tactics. But we won't go there. And, you know, honestly, it was a great experience. I learned a lot, won a lot, done more than I ever could have imagined growing up. And basically, I got to the point where I didn't feel like I was part of something and growing something. I just felt like kind of like another guy on the roster and not too important for the program, especially after uh, 2019 Super Enduro Series when I was lost the championship like that. I just didn't feel like it was fair and a couple other things but you know at the end of the day i wanted to help help another brand and get a new challenge on the way and uh you know that's how we ended up with having a little baby boy in the future so <laughs> now i have i'm gonna be a dad next year and also i signed the new team just announced it today oh, shirko factory yeah. one racing team so there's a lot going on there so how much announcements within the, the baby boy on the way that you made out to the world uh just one baby boy announcement and 
I didn't know. I was, I was trying to hide it for a while, but, you know, people find out things these days, so I had to share it. Nice, nice. Well, I'm glad that you were uh, able to put that out for us to, to share with others in the world, and congratulations. Being a father is absolutely amazing. It will change your life. There is no <laughs> ifs, ands, or about it. Whether you want it to or not, it will change your life, and it's all for the better. So if we could say top three things that you learned that made you a better rider, maybe a better racer, while under the tutelage, if you will, of like a factory KTM, I feel like a lot of people do feel like, just like you said, that's the upper echelon. That's where you want to be is factory supported, but then factory KTM does always seem to be that that upper echelon. So what are some things that you think that that really did do for you that you may have never gotten if you hadn't have been within, with KTM? Yeah, definitely the, the effort they put into testing and making sure the bike is catered to you. Like they want you to be comfortable it's not your job to worry about those things. You know, they have a mechanic and your whole job is just to show up race day ready, mentally prepared and go out and win. That's, that's what they want. So, you know, I think I learned a lot with kind of testing and seeing what I want personally with a bike and how I want it to react. So I learned a lot there. And then I think just with age and racing and becoming more comfortable with the races, I kind of learned patience and when to push and when not push. And I think I just make probably smarter decisions than a lot of a lot of other racers just from i guess time on the bike who knows yeah and now if there were maybe some you know i mean it, we don't want to talk about negatives in life but it's just a fact there are things that go right and things that go wrong like were there any things that did go wrong that again that you and the team potentially learned from to just be better racer better person you know when you mo- when you moved forward from it yeah there's definitely a couple things and you know there's some tricky parts here and there, but, you know, some races we knew that basically we should have been on a 350 instead of a 250F because I kept losing on the starts, and then I'd have to make my way back up to try and win the race, and by that point, the time was already out. So, you know, we made some changes. We went to the 350. We went back and forth between a Link bike and a PDS, and I found that the PDS was best for me, and, you know, they're really serious about lap times and making sure everything is pinpoint. And with off-road, it's hard to mimic everything lap after lap so that was that was tricky trying to learn how to just be so consistent and you know now things we stepped away from that a little bit and a whole new learning process but i'm really excited about the challenge it is going to be a challenge but that's not a bad thing because within that comes a whole new a whole new way to learn have new positives even have new negatives but again those are things that we learn from so the knee Right, you said that you injured that during your real moto filming. I think it was for X Games. You mentioned you're, you've been using new knee, new me. So within that, like, where are you right now? How has recovery been? Before we start talking about the the second new baby boy blue in your life. <laughs> well, first off, about knee injuries, um, listen to the doctor when they say six to nine months. They may mean it. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Uh, I thought I was an athlete, superhuman, and I'd be back in four months, but no, that was wrong. <laughs> um, also, th- I found out this is a way more common injury than I've ever imagined. Like every like normal lay persons or hobby basketball players, like everyone has pretty much torn an ACL. I found right. out, and I recommend waiting a little bit before you have surgery to get all the inflammation and swelling out. And I know a couple people who. Uh, they live a little bit more lax lifestyle, like to indulge in recreational drug use and drinking a lot of beer, and somehow they are coming back a lot quicker than I did because they waited longer <laughs> than surgery, and it's very frustrating when I'm trying to be Mr. Health Nut over yeah. here. And I want the gluten. Screw yeah. it. Yeah. No, it's just, 
it's just something you got to work through. And, and now I'm at the point now where I can finally start pushing a lot of weights and run again and not really limp at all. And I'll be back on the bike soon. But I think it's really important to kind of just not rush into surgery with something like this because it's like taking your, you know, a dirty car into the mechanic. He doesn't want to work on a dirty car when your knee's all swollen and not ready. So um, I think in the future, you know, the team was kind of pushing me to be back as soon as possible. And I was thinking the same thing. And yeah. I basically rushed into surgery too early when I should have been doing a little bit more rehab ahead of time and helped that post-surgery process. Interesting. Yeah, you would never really think about it that much. I don't um, know. Like, yeah. like I said, I didn't know before, but now I know. And then within recovery for an ACL, I mean, are you, besides the, you know, potentially waiting on surgery, has everything been decent in your recovery, even though you were hoping that you'd be back in four months? Yeah, another thing the doctor said that um, normally for athletes, they don't do a nerve block because sometimes it's complications. You can be numb longer than you should be, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I've had two or three surgeries before. I could, I don't need a nerve block. Um, I woke up in the recovery room Get wondering the what the hell they did to me. I, I've never, it was crazy. And then I think it was already too late to get the nerve block, you know, it already had everything done. And, uh, basically at that point I was just playing catch up on painkillers, trying to eliminate the pain. And that's not what you want to do. And then it hurt so bad to do anything. I wasn't eating or drinking because I didn't want to go pee. <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh, don't do what I did. And then also don't just quit taking painkillers cold turkey because then you have withdrawals and you feel terrible for a whole day and sweats and chills. And I went through it and passed it. First week was terrible. And now just, you know, almost every day I start feeling better and better and swelling's gone down a bunch. I'm almost at five months now. So I have a checkup with the doctor next week, I believe. And hopefully I get a thumbs up to put around on my motorcycle. I don't know. Well, put around on your motorcycle, and it will be a different motorcycle. It's going to be a Sherco. So that is the news actually announced today. This morning is when it was released to the public. It sounds like some people knew beforehand, and they were sending all the things. They're not supposed to do that, but those jerks. So when did this kind of start for you? Like maybe in the sense of searching, right, for, I don't know if you were, uh, for not being at KTM and then to being on another brand. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this probably started, like, years ago. <laughs> I had uh, the new team manager, Wayne, at Sherco for the Factory One team, was pestering me. He's like, what would it take? Let me sign you. I want to I get you on board. I was like, eh. just kind of blew him off, like, hey, whatever. So I guess don't ever mean anyone because it might work out in your favor you later on. But, uh, you know, primarily after super enduro 2019 ended when i thought i had no chance of winning the championship and then i all of a sudden was winning the championship and then there was some weird team tactics that weren't supposed to happen and one person tell one story another person another and ended up losing the world championship when basically it was all mine and even coming back from a broken chain so i was just devastated at that yeah. it just didn't feel fair and I felt like, am I really with a brand that actually is there for me or just for their own name and cause and promotion? So I felt like I, you know, the company wasn't fully catering to what I wanted. It was more about what they wanted. Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to be with something, get a new motivation and challenge and be able to do a lot more races that I want to do in Europe, improve myself against the best riders in the world. And uh, I found that opportunity with Sherco and the new, the new team here in the States. So they're, they're basically fully backing me. 
I have a say in what we're doing with the team and trying to promote things and it's completely new. So this has been an interesting process for me, but at the same time, it's actually been beneficial because I'm learning kind of the ins and outs of these things. And I get to have a say what we're doing and the races I get to do next year and next three years, actually. So it's it's definitely a long-term thing because I want to, you know, prove to them that I'm here to help build this brand. I mean, people know the name, but it hasn't really been a standout thing yet. So I'm hoping that we can make that happen. Well, I'm just glad that I have done my part owning a 2018 Sherco 300 and putting all these videos out. I really feel like that you probably subconsciously saw one of those on YouTube and that might have started, you know, the chain reaction. So if anybody hasn't seen those videos, definitely go check those out on the Seatime YouTube channel because then you will also feel the Cody Webb desire uh, to ride these uh, French motorcycles. So am I getting the timetable correctly that that means you've signed with a company that you have truly not really race-ridden one of their motorcycles at that kind of pace? Yes. <laughs> I like how you even say it. Like, I don't want to admit to this, but yes. <laughs> uh, scary? Uh, you know, I guess it's a little bit scary. I, I honestly played around with one once, and... Um, you know, the last couple of years we've been on the TPI bikes and I still tell her one of my favorite bike I ever rode was my 2016 KTM 300 with the key and carb. Like that bike was unreal. And, uh, you know, obviously the new technology is great. It runs cleaner, more efficient and you get a little better fuel mileage. But, uh, basically I hopped on the 300 two stroke Sherco once and I just crawled right up this canyon with insane amount of bottom end torque and lug and it threw me off guard and I was like that shouldn't have been that easy that's weird and that honestly kind of got the gears turning in my head and I was like I can win on this bike this bike's it's basically unreal for extreme stuff and you know I haven't proven it ridden in any type of race type format yet but the little bit I have I was honestly uh, really impressed with it Cool. So you say it sounds like you're helping formulate to some degree what is going on with the team. Now, you're not a team manager by any means like that. You are a rider for the team. So what is it that you are going to be doing in those that kind of position that you're talking about when you're talking about helping small parts with shaping of the team? Yeah, you know, basically we're trying to bring on all new sponsors. So I have, you know, contacts from before, previous people I've ridden with and you know, luckily now I've made a big enough uh, name for myself in the industry. That, Cody Webb who? What? Yeah, Cooper Webb. Yep. So, uh, you know, I've made a big enough name for myself that, you know, sponsors want to be attached to my image and what I do. It's a very so, tall image. Tall image <laughs> with big shoes, size 12 to fill. But, uh, you know, anyways, like, you know, trying to help the team get gear sponsors and boots and just putting some people I'm in contact with, with the team and right, kind of having a say this. on like, this is what I want. If we do this, I'm not doing it. Like I'm going to run my own thing. So I'm kind of being a little direct, but at the same time, you know, I want to do what's best for myself and everyone else on the team at the same time. Cool. So three years, what does a 2020 schedule look like right now for you or that you know of? What I know of 2020 will be a bunch of the American Harden Drill races. So I know they're still working on formulate kind of like a new series for that, but most of the East West coast races, as many of them I can, I'll hit those. I'll be doing enduro cross in the later part of the year and then some of the major key extreme races in Europe. So I'm pretty excited about going to that and seeing what I can do. Uh, does that mean that you're going to be competing in like the full West 
the rounds for that, or is that just uh, the ones that you can make it to schedule-wise? Um, personally, I've chosen not to do the full West round because I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of it. You know, it's so specialized, and it's taking away from the World Enduro racers, and then it's taking away from the Hard Enduro thing. So honestly, I I would prefer if it was its own two separate types of races you don't see MotoGP conflicting with other road racing things and those are more similar than what they're trying to do with Wes right so um you know it's kind of killing classic enduro and hard enduro kind of keeps growing so basically I want to go and do as many of those hard enduros as I can um and how do you think that someone like yourself now with this new Sherco or, uh, or association with short Sherco can help continue to grow that hard enduro sport here in the United States yeah, I mean, honestly, the bike is a is a great base platform for those types of races. And I know Sherco sponsoring the upcoming Rebel Override race. Um, they were sponsoring some of those American Hard Enduro events last year as well. So, I mean, they literally just got the new importer ship midway through this year. And now they're catching up on everything that was before and then turning into what it is now in the future. So... It's definitely a long road ahead, but they're doing their part for sure to try and uh, become a premier off-road brand here in the States. Cool. Now, the windows are starting to fog. That means that we should probably start to consider ending this so it doesn't look too awkward for everybody. What did I miss? What are some of the other thoughts that you have for the new knee, new me, Sherco, all the years that you've had with other brands, not just specific ones, um, and what, you know, other things for 2020? You're you're kind of putting me on the spot here, so I'll come on with something quick, but... Honestly, I think something really cool for me is I can kind of promote my roots now. You know, with KTM, they didn't have a trials bike. So, you know, I was still putting around on a trials bike, but I couldn't really be seen. You know, it's a competitor's right. brand. So, you know, I couldn't really do anything about that. So I'm honestly excited about being with Sherco now because I can basically promote my roots. And look how many of the other premier hard and riders in Europe came from a trials background. Yeah, a lot All of them. them. <laughs> a lot. All of them, but yeah. Wade Young probably. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to do that again. I'm not going to compete in any events because I'm terrible now and I have no confidence, but it's definitely something, you know, that's uh, close to my heart and important to me. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to see everyone succeed and a good base of trials for sure will help you out. That's all I'm going to say. Awesome. And then for those that potentially don't follow you, you do YouTube, you've got Instagram, all those kinds of things for people to find out more about the Cody Web. Yeah, we uh, on Instagram Cody Web two, Twitter Cody Web uh, underline under dash. What's that? Underscore. Underscore. I wasn't an English major. That's I did right. math. Neither was I. Math. I promise. Um, underscore two. We got YouTube channel. I think it's Cody Web Trials. I have webisodes, but I don't call them webisodes anymore. I haven't been writing, so I kind of ran out of content. I did an RC car video that didn't get much likes. People don't like that stuff. <laughs> but uh, hey, you tried. I tried. But anyways, I'll be back riding soon and sharing stuff sharing the new bike maybe i'll do a bike run through on, on the new on the new setup i think people would go crazy for that and we'll, i'll try to make sure the keywords bring up seat time videos for all the shirko stuff i've done right after it yeah i'll tag i'll tag seat time in there i'm in that's all i need well dude thank you very much congratulations on all the new fun stuff and uh i guess we'll go finish our water and uh, barbecue yes yes next time boom <laughs>